You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. My word today is all about home, your home this Christmas, and how you and I are going to experience Christmas. Um, you see, Home isn't just necessarily the house or apartment you're living in. Home really is who you're with. And you and I are living in strange times. There are people sitting near you who are hoping to go home this Christmas but from overseas. But a lot of countries have closed their borders. They can't go home. And there's others here who were born and raised here in Ireland and they were hoping to have family members join them but they're self-isolating or they're sick, or others maybe are just too vulnerable to come out, even though there might be anything wrong, they just have to be extra careful. This is a weird Christmas. Last Christmas was weird again, but it seems this one is really strange also. So an awful lot of us here are having a different kind of Christmas. Now you can look at that and curse it, some people are, but I'm gonna challenge you and encourage you to maybe look at it a different way and see what is God doing that's going to bless this strange situation this Christmas. Because the God I read about in the Bible is the God whose tendency is to bless and to look after us. And he does things maybe not in the way we think he should, but it always ends up better. Hallelujah. So home over Christmas is the title of my talk today and I'm going to just jump straight in with an Irish saying in the Irish language and this saying is Who can tell me what that means? <laughs> Very good and not everyone here who knew the meaning of it knew, knows Irish. Who's going to Who's going to just say it out? If you're not Irish, can anyone just say it out? Nilain Tintan Martha Hintan Fain. Just say it out. Who can say it out? Anyone? Claire, you're Irish girl. You can't say it. So we were brought up with this stuff. You've got perfect diction and all. Anyone not born in Ireland gonna say it? Add it to him. Oh Cloud. Hallelujah! I just love Irish with a Nigerian accent. You gotta come down to the Gwail to where I live and you gotta talk to your Irish sister, I'm telling you. You would be like a movie star, I'm telling you. You come down. What does it mean? It means there's no fireplace like your own fireplace. It's not about fireplaces. Although here in Northern Europe, there's a big influence and a big um, push always on for midwinter that your home is comfortable and warm and cozy. In Denmark, they have a word, H-Y-G-G-E, Hige or something, and it's all about cozy and feeling good. It's based on the same type of thing, and it's all about having a, a, a good place at home. But this is not just home is where the heart is, it's that your home experience, and I'm gonna speak spiritually over your lives, if you'll allow me, that your home this Christmas has a blessing upon it. And, and this is just something in Irish culture, but when we look in at the nativity narrative, 
the Christmas story, what we read and what we see is actually all about home as well, but home in a different way. So as you're considering your home, your family, or lack of them this Christmas, your friends or lack of them this Christmas, perhaps God will speak to you. Now you know that the Christmas story tells us that Mary conceived Jesus by the Holy Spirit, but of course she was engaged. And she was engaged to Joseph. And Joseph would have been shocked, probably a bit like you or me. We're told in Matthew's Gospel 119 that when Joseph heard Mary was pregnant, he planned to divorce her quietly. He wanted to break it off. He would have looked at it like you and I would have looked at it in a natural way. Here, his fiance is pregnant. He knew he had nothing to do with it. What conclusion is he going to come to? So he's really concerned. He's a bit disturbed. And I, I really like how it says he planned to divorce her or break it off quietly. The Bible tells us it's because he was an honorable man. The thing is, though, I think Joseph was probably Irish. Okay, I am jesting or joking, of course, but why am I saying it? Here's another saying that we all grew up with here in Ireland. I can remember my family saying it at home a lot. There was no more said about it. There was no more said about it. Somebody does something they shouldn't have done, you're going to hear this from Irish people. Don't save it. My father used to always say, don't save it. See, the whole thing in Ireland is that you don't embarrass someone. It's not a forthright culture. You do anything to avoid embarrassing someone. How do you communicate? You do it by silence. It's when something isn't said, that's when you know something is wrong. Now, Denise and I spend a lot of time in France. We go over there for holidays in the summer, and we have friends over there, and we were in a Christian church this summer, and we were chatting. To, I know the pastor from Avold's there. And he was telling me that in France, the education system, the kids are trained and educated to point out one another's mistakes. It's seen as being um, a blessing, that you're really helping someone. You're saying, you're doing that wrong. But you see, in Ireland, you shouldn't do that, should you? Well, if you do, <laughs> they won't talk to you. So if you come from another country and you're working with a load of Irish people and you think you're helping them by pointing out to what they're doing wrong, maybe a few would appreciate it, but a lot of them won't. So, you know, that's why I'm talking about the, 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 the Joseph joke, the Irish thing. Um, they just didn't say anything. But you know, out of that joke, and, and how will you commu communicate it? You just say nothing. And it's the silence speaks way louder than words in this culture. And I just want to bring that into the nativity story, into the Christmas story, and see how it applies. Because Joseph said nothing because he was a decent, honorable man. But I can promise you this. All around town, this small Jewish community. Remember now, it would have been a bit like maybe, I don't know, a very strict Muslim country today. That's the type of culture they had. For a girl to be pregnant and she wasn't married was the worst thing that could happen. And yet that's what happened. So you can be certain there was a whole lot of local gossip. Joseph heard she was pregnant. It's almost certain that gossip and word went around. So not a nice place for Mary. 
She did nothing wrong. On the contrary, she was more blessed than all women. Yet, in her situation, she was judged, she was gossiped, she was slandered. And maybe you know what that feels like in your life, at school or in work or in the family or the neighborhood. Mary would have almost certainly been a victim of local gossip. And what happens? Joseph wanted to divorce her quietly, but God intervened. Don't be afraid, Matthew's Gospel 120 tells us. Take Mary home to be your wife. This is of the Holy Spirit. And here we see this in Matthew. So Joseph didn't know what was going on, but he just knew God was in it. And for your Christmas, in your family, in your home, in the next week, you mightn't understand what's going on. Why is that chair empty? Why can't I connect with that person? Why do I feel lonely? Why is this going on? You mightn't understand it, but if you look to the Lord, and if you know somehow God is in it, like Joseph, you can have faith and you can get through what would otherwise be a challenge. You see, it's a choice this morning. It's a choice, guys, watching online. We can choose to trust God or we can choose to just panic and let go. I'm going to trust God. If there's an empty chair around my table this Christmas, I'm going to trust God. Will you? You see, Joseph had a stranger at his table every Christmas, if you will. Jesus wasn't his son, naturally. So there he is, a stranger at his table. And perhaps some of us this Christmas who don't have family are going to meet with friends in a safe, trusted way. And maybe we were strangers a year ago. But you know what? The blood of Jesus makes us family. Who'll say amen? Amen. You and I are connected if we believe Jesus. And that goes deeper than any family and it goes deeper than any culture. So Joseph brings Mary home. However, they couldn't stay home for long because as most of you know, the emperor, his name was Augustus, ordered a census for all the empire. Luke 2.1. Now you and I, if we're in Ireland in April, are going to take part in a census. Uh, we were supposed to have it last April, but they cancelled it because of the pandemic. Um, but we just fill out the form uh, for the census, and then the enumerator will call and collect it a week or two later. However, back then, there were no forms, there was no Zoom groups or Zoom meetings. Luke 2.2 tells us all families had to go to, the town, to their town of origin to register. So wherever your great-grandparents, your family would have originally come from, you had to physically go there, queue up in line. There would have been a Roman soldier, probably a centurion, uh, with a scribe at a table, and they would take your name, your age, where you were now living, and your family's original uh, pedigree in that local town. It was really cumbersome. And we know that Mary was heavily pregnant, but they had to physically go to Bethlehem. And we know that both Mary and Joseph, the Bible tells us, were both of the tribe of Judah. So they went to register in Bethlehem in Judea. It's there today, as many of you know, on the West Bank in Israel. And they went to register there. 
My question is though, even though both of them had to go there, which we know, surely both of their families had to go there. And my simple question is, why is there no mention of their wider families at that in Bethlehem? Here's the thing, Luke was a doctor, a physician, and he went into great detail. He was high blue in his personality type. He loved detail. You contrast Luke with, say, Mark. Mark was kind of an open envelope guy. He just gave you the bare account. But Luke went into every detail. And he went into every detail of who was at the birth of Jesus. He left nothing to chance. But where were Mary's parents? She's like 16, giving birth. If you're a mother, wouldn't you want to be with your daughter giving birth? Now, the Bible doesn't tell us their names, but church history strongly suggests her mother's name was Anne and her father's name was Joachim. Where were Joachim and Anne? They weren't there that first Christmas with their daughter. If you can't see your parents this Christmas, maybe they passed away, maybe you just can't get to see them. Wonder how Mary felt. Where were her sisters, her brothers? Jews had huge families. The average size in a family was about eight or nine. Where were all her sisters? Where were Joseph's mother and father? Where were all his sisters? Where were the cousins, the aunts? They all had to be in Bethlehem. That was the law. If they didn't go there, they were breaking the law and they'd probably be killed. Now why does Luke say nothing? Perhaps it's a bit like the Irish thing. Silence is way louder than anything that's said. Sometimes you have to look for what's not in scripture to have a context of what was really happening. And so can I suggest that that first Christmas was a bit of a lonely one in ways for Mary and for Joseph. If you're feeling lonely in your family situation this Christmas, consider the first one. And I just prophesy I prophesy that just as Joseph saw a stranger at his table every Christmas, I prophesy that someone here, God is saying, someone who is a stranger to you now, this time next year will be at your table. That This is really strong. God is saying to someone who's been praying, and Dara's word at the start was don't force a relationship and I believe this is the rest of that prophecy. The Lord is saying that your heart has been lonely and broken and God is saying as you let go and believe me, I will raise that person up for you this time next year. And the one who is now a stranger will be at your table next year. I pray that into whatever life this is for now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Who we'll say amen. 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 So what do you do? Family are missing. You're frightened. You're not in a comfortable place. You all know it was stable. We looked at that before. Is this a disaster? Is your Christmas going to be a bit of a disaster in your home? Can I challenge you that even though we don't understand... God really doesn't do disasters, but he does do blessing. Amen. I believe for the people of God, there is a blessing. 
What happened with Mary and Joseph as we look at the nativity narrative, perhaps from a different perspective than we often look at it? Here's what Luke and Matthew do tell us. They were not alone. There were angels, the whole host of heaven. Figure this one out. When Jesus ascended into heaven and the boys came looking for him, there was one angel, just one, by the tomb saying, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Yet at the birth of Jesus, the host of heaven, that's 10,000 upon 10,000 angels, appeared and were celebrating. Hallelujah. It just shows you how important the birth of Jesus is. So there was a host of angels there. There were shepherds. There were magi or wise men. Those at the bottom of society, shepherds. Those at the top of society, the wise men. They were the elite rulers. They were all there. So they weren't alone. So God doesn't want any of us to be alone. Hallelujah. He protected them. The Holy Spirit warned Joseph in a dream. Joseph wasn't even doing anything. He was passively asleep. Do you believe God can speak to you in your dreams? Maybe six people do. Can I challenge you? Don't just go to sleep. Perhaps God will speak to you in a dream. Particularly if you're an old man. Amen? <laughs> God will speak in dreams. He spoke to Joseph and Joseph was only in his early 20s. And he protected the family through the dream and they were able to escape what Herod was going to do. The Holy Spirit dream. So the blessing of God will protect us. And financially, maybe you're challenged to the core financially this Christmas and the thought of increased energy bills and all that in January is playing in your mind. You know what? The wise men came, if you will, out of nowhere and the first gift they gave was gold. Most Bible scholars strongly suggest that gold funded the family for two years. It enabled them to go to Egypt. It enabled them to live, to set up there, and then to move back. God provides. Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh. God will provide for our needs. Who will say amen? amen? That's the God of the Bible. Maybe not for our greeds, but always for our needs. So there was a blessing that first Christmas. There was a blessing at the nativity, even though it was really challenged. Let's just take a half a step back and look what God says elsewhere in Scripture. Proverbs 3.33 The Lord's curse is on the home of the wicked. And it is. It is. But, I love the buts in the Bible. He will bless the home of the righteous. What makes us righteous? The blood of Jesus. Are you covered by the blood of Jesus? Have you asked Jesus into your life? Is Jesus the center of your home? Then you are righteous no matter how weak you feel. And there is a blessing on the home of the righteous. And you know what? Sometimes we need to wake up and go to the ATM machine and draw that down. Did you know when slavery was abolished in America, a whole lot of slaves never left slavery because it didn't hit them. They never um, went and inherited it. They just kept on working in the slave plantations instead of going out and claiming their freedom. And sometimes the people of God, we just are beaten down. And we've got to stand up and we've got to say, you know what? I am a son of the king. I am a daughter of the king of kings and the lord of lords. I am not the tail in the head. Yeah? 
don't know really. I really want to be sad this Christmas and oh, it's so spiritual to be wretched. Do you know what? Have a bit of faith and believe that if God is for you, who or what can be against you? We're also told 1 Corinthians 14 35 couples should talk about spiritual questions at home. Now, maybe in your home you talk about sport or politics or celebrities or day to day, nothing wrong with that. How about talking about God as well? The things of God will last forever. Kim Kardashian will not last forever. Lionel Messi will not last forever, but the word of God will last forever. We'll say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Talk about that which will last forever. Couples, husbands, wives, talk about the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, talk about the Lord with your children around the table. We always did that at home and we used to love when uh, pastors were coming to speak in the church, Denise and I would have them stay with us. We had Paul and Priscilla Reed stay with us just a couple of months ago. And I always remember a few years ago, Paul and Priscilla were with us uh, from Belfast. And Priscilla, just as we were having dinner, I don't know how it came up, we started talking about tuberculosis. It was a huge, talking about a pandemic. You think COVID is a thing? It's nothing compared to tuberculosis. It slaughtered so many people all over Europe and in Ireland. I know I had two granduncles died from it apparently in the 1920s. Well, Priscilla's dad got it and he was on his last legs. He was dying in a TB sanitarium. But God moved on a Christian in Belfast who went into the sanitarium, laid hands on him. He laid hands on him and the man was healed supernaturally and she told the story um, of how her dad got up out of the bed he couldn't even breathe he walked out of there he packed his suitcase and he walked to the train station and he got the train and there was a whole story it was powerful we were talking about God around the table do you know what the more, whatever you talk about and you focus on, that's who you'll be. That's who, you, that's who I'll be. If we're always looking at doom and gloom, you're going to be a gloomy person. If you're always looking at soccer, you're just going to be Mr. Soccer and there won't be an awful lot more. If you're looking at Kim Kardashian, I'll cast the devil out of you before the meeting is over. Hallelujah. Bring God into the conversation when you're having your turkey. Or as I was talking to a few earlier, when you're having your biryani, isn't that right guys? When you're having your biryani curry this Christmas, talk about God. Bring him in. There's such a blessing. Jesus Christ leaves nobody alone over Christmas. Hallelujah. I love what Isaiah says. Isaiah 32, 18. My people will live in peaceful homes. Peaceful. Secure and undisturbed. Do you know one of the things that, can I tell you something that bugs me? Am I allowed? Yes. It's good for the soul to confess stuff that bugs you, isn't it? Do you know what really bugs me? Every now and again I see some soap drama on the TV and always at Christmas someone is murdered on EastEnders and someone has a baby and someone gets jealous or incarnate. Do you know these kind of shows? And there's always this kind of drama. 
But God's word says we live in peaceful homes. My prayer is that your home will be peaceful this Christmas. People are shut up, they can get cabin fever. Once the whole buzz of Christmas is over, kind of like this day next week, stuff can happen. Husbands and wives have fights. Kids don't know the boundaries. Teenagers kick off. Stuff happens. But God's word promises us a peaceful home, a home full of shalom. God's peaceful blessing. Doesn't just mean there's no hassle, there's a blessing comes with it. Secure. Mary and Joseph were in a stable. Gosh, an old shed. But they had the most secure home in the land of Israel because God was with them. Hallelujah. No harm came to them. Herod attacked a lot of other homes that would have been powerful nearby and he killed their children. Their powerful, secure homes did nothing for them. It's God makes the difference in your home. Hallelujah. So he makes the difference this Christmas and undisturbed, undisturbed by the troubles that the enemy would bring. So brothers and sisters, my question to you is, is Jesus in your home this Christmas? If he's never been in your home, he's only a prayer away. If he is in your home, we're going to pray that every blessing he will have for your family will come upon your family this Christmas. And I'm going to particularly pray about families because I have never met a family, never, where there isn't some issue going on. Someone isn't talking to someone. Someone is unhappy with someone else. There's a strain. There's an argument. There's always kinds of things with families. And you know what? When families do, if they can get together at Christmas, that stuff usually rears its head. How about we pray for peace in your family this Christmas? And pray that you'll have a blessed Christmas and not a Christmas full of strife and trouble. Are you up for that? We pray for our families. Maybe you're the only one representing your family here. Maybe half of you are here. Maybe all but one is here. I don't know. But your family needs prayer this Christmas, as does mine. Can I ask you to stand, brothers and sisters? I've asked the guys to sing a song. We sang it a few times. And I think it really fits in with today because we're going to pray blessing and not trouble on your family this Christmas.